0: This is Mission.org. I'm Alec Baldwin, and you're listening to Marketing Trends and the Leads
1: Art Week. Chris Bondi is a multi time CEO who has been called on regularly for her expertise in crisis communication, including for companies such as Starbucks and other large organizations. Today, she's doing more of that work than ever, and she wanted to share with our listeners some of the ways to deploy effective and efficient communication tactics during tough times. On this episode of Marketing Trends, she stresses the importance of media relations, the need to understand the proper tone and timeliness of your messages, and emphasizes why you always need to be prepared. Enjoy this episode. Marketing Trends Podcast is brought to you by Salesforce. We bring marketing and engagement together. Learn more at salesforce.com slash marketing.
0: Here is your host, Ian Faison. Welcome to Marketing Trends. I'm Ian Faison, host of Marketing Trends. And we have special guest, recurring guest. Chris, what's going on?
2: Hi, Ian. How are you?
0: I am doing well. We've caught up multiple times via phone uh, since all of the Uh, craziness in the world has happened because we've been meaning to get you back on the show and the world keeps changing. And what a better time to have you on than to talk about crisis communications because you have an extremely extensive background in crisis communications. So um, we're going to get into that today for our listeners. If you haven't listened to the episode with Chris, uh, we did it what feels like ages and ages ago. Uh, It was a great episode and uh, and you should go check that out. But for now, we're going to be talking about uh, crisis and communicating effectively, which is very topical. So, Chris, why did you want to talk about this? Um, you know, other than the obvious reasons.
2: So, the reason why I thought it was important to talk about it was yes, we're living in a COVID 19 world right now, but the reality is that uh, there's always crises that come up, and there'll be crises coming out of this that businesses are going to have to deal with. But in general, I think that people don't plan. One of the reasons I think I've been very successful as somebody who positions companies is because I look at it from the whole way around, including the, what if it doesn't work?
0: I think that there's a fine line there with marketers about like this idea of marketing the future and evangelizing the future. And Kind of being having that thing in your mind of like, okay, well, what if it isn't going the way that that we want? So I'm, I'm sure we'll we'll touch on that piece of it uh, a little bit later. Um, but to take a step back, like, why are you qualified to talk to our amazing listeners about this topic? Because last time we heard you talking about startup marketing uh, and your work um, with Bitnami and and previously in your career. So what what'd you do in the past?
2: So in addition to the broad marketing experience we've talked about in the past. My crisis experience is pretty vast as well. I've been the chair of the American Red Cross's communication task force. I have represented the Red Cross on on site during hurricane relief, as well as being what I like to call the schmuck in front of the burning fire. Uh, I also have helped large companies when they've done layoffs, restating earnings, and um, for example, even Starbucks around being protested. So a pretty broad range of of crises. Um, I'm currently helping an organization that has unfortunately had somebody test positive for COVID-19.
0: Well, and one of the things that we were talking about on the phone before, um, before this is around what you'd mentioned at the top, which is like so many organizations just didn't have any crisis planning and therefore their crisis communication, I mean, it's non-existent, right? Like if you don't know what to do during, during a crisis, then you clearly are not going to be able to know how to talk about it. Um, Which, you know, has resulted in a lot of emails from the CEO directly to all the customers, you know, emails, uh, you know, public facing, you know, public, you know, posts and uh, a lot of different things. This is clearly every single marketer's uh, business right now is, you know, shepherding these conversations. I'm curious, what what are people kind of missing with all of this? Uh, what is, what is you know, uh, obviously we can't go back in time and have planned for, for something like this, but going forward, like what are some of the things that That people can do to kind of right the ship on how they communicate during these, this type of a thing?
2: Well, so I have to say some of what I've seen has been very good. And part of it has been because it's come from the right place, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. The authentic, I mean, like we're seeing genuine like authentic responses like we've heard on this podcast a number of times people stepping in changing their entire businesses their business models uh what they make how they create you know what their sales and marketing teams do like the response has been extremely impressive um you know it was the it was the uh preparation for anything you know like this happening that obviously was was the thing that was missed
2: so some of the things that somebody who's in marketing needs to understand the difference between their day-to-day response. And let's start with the, the media relations part of it. Anyone who's done media training will have the, the thought of, I need to bridge to my messages. I need my three messages to get out and whatever somebody asks me, I need to get to my messages. When you're, when you're responding to something during a crisis, it is much more about tone, and much more about what is the, uh, what what is the vibe, for lack of a better way of saying it, that you want to get out. So, uh, for example, I, as I said, I'm helping somebody right now who is dealing with uh, somebody who's positive with COVID-19, and it's not. It would it would not be appropriate nor would I counsel that person to be talking about how great their organization is. What they are, what my counsel has been is very much about compassion and safety. Um, I'm fortunate that that person actually does have that in, in their thoughts anyway, but making sure that that's what they're conveying is convey compassion and safety instead of, Talking about how great the organization is um, it is it is a difference. The other difference is is uh, you always should be aware of somebody's deadline but if you're operating in a crisis, you need to understand that you need to move faster and it uh, for as all the organizations who have done things well, the ones who will delay because they're thinking it through too much, have already failed. So you need... When
0: you say deadline, are you talking about the journalist?
2: I'm talking about the journalist deadline. Yeah, definitely the journalist deadline. But I'm also talking about the fact that you need to have a clear set of people who are involved in what the response is and, and even what the planning is. And it can't be the... You know, if it takes you, let's say it takes you a week and a half to get a news release out because there are so many people who need to give comments on that. That can't be your your. That can't be how you operate in these. In you know, it, even if it's for a layoff, you need to have a clear list of here's the here's a logistics time frame. Almost down to not almost down to the minute. I, when I've done layoffs, it's, it's been, you know, this will happen at this time. These things will be shut off while this person's being talked to. So there's a lot of logistical part, but who's involved in those conversations is not, if you're an organization that does a lot of debate or a lot of consensus around any messaging that comes out, that is not the world you live in if you are dealing with a crisis. You have your communication counsel. You have the uh, legal counsel, if, if appropriate, and the one to two people, and that's it. It needs to be fast-moving, uh, and that ultimately is where a lot of companies will end up uh, end up failing, frankly, uh, particularly – if it's not right now, it's if people are dealing with a turn down of business after this, or, or just in general, if they're dealing with a turndown down of business, they're dealing with restating earnings. It just can't be a long convers, uh, a lot of conversations to get to what needs to happen.
0: Well, and I think another piece of this is, and this is something that we practiced in the military, you know, at length is like every single person in the organization is a crisis communicator, right? Like everyone, because they're telling their spouses, they're telling their friends. Now they're posting on social media, they're doing all that sort of stuff. So everyone A is talking about it and B will continue to talk about it, right? So if you don't have a message internally about how you're going to talk about, you know, this and help people kind of get talking points and figure out like make sense of this and communicate effectively of like how the company is treating it. Like, you know, you wait a week and a half and everybody is saying, well, what's the response? What's the response? Well the response is going to be people posting, you know, that there that there is no response. And that's not that's not a good thing either. One of the things that we did in the military, which um is really interesting in, in retrospect, specifically, was that, you know, when there was a casualty, they would shut down the communication channels, like um, no one was allowed to to text or email or call their significant others or anyone external to the organization for, I forget how long, I think it's 24 hours, because there's like reporting channels that had to happen with that. Um, because the last thing you want to do is found, find out that, you know, your significant other was injured. And you find out on, on a Facebook group or something like that. And I think that these are the sort of things like, could you imagine if, you know, you're the person working on the new, you know, football stadium and you find out that your spouse got, you know, has, <laughs> or your, yeah, yeah, could potentially your spouse or your daughter or whatever got, you know, COVID from, um, you know, from CNN, you know what I mean? Like those things are, are very real and it's, a and it's. If you don't have a pulse of your organization of what's going on, like there's just a lot of opportunities to, uh, to make mistakes. And I think that, um, there's, there's too much, uh, there's too much, you know, spread of information and, and digital, uh, sprawl now to like control all of that stuff. And the stuff that you can control is, is your message and, you know, working around the clock to be able to provide something that, uh, that makes sense and is authentic.
2: Well, and you actually hit I don't know if you meant to, but you actually hit several things at once in in what you just said, all of which I, I totally agree with. First of all, you need to be able to have an internal message that people can share externally. You need to have your your managers prep so that they can talk with their direct reports. And you need something that is the Okay, version for the direct reports, and um, and that's a a careful line to draw. Particularly, again, I'm going to keep coming back to layoffs because that's the one that's the the most likely thing that people will deal with. Part of it is having what the manager uh, a a answers that the manager can give their um, their direct reports. So it's not just what the messaging is, but it's a full QA, uh, QA readiness. The other part of it, if you don't do that, is that the average person's imagination is way worse than most reality. Say you're in an organization of a thousand people and a hundred people get laid off. That's a significant amount of people. But if you don't tell somebody that that's a percentage that got laid off, then you start seeing things like 25% of the staff has gotten laid off. You know, it's, things get bigger. If you don't give a reason why that is plausible, like that's the other thing is that whatever, you, you don't have to say everything that's in your head, but everything that comes out of your mouth needs to be true. So if you are, if you're a leader who, is known for spinning all the time. You're going to have trouble when it comes to this because people aren't going to necessarily believe what's coming out of your mouth.
0: And that's a great point. You know, it's as someone who is a who uh, talks a lot, I can I can attest to this that uh, sticking to the exact talking talking points uh, when you're someone like that is uh, is crucial. You got to practice.
2: You do. You most definitely, you, and like I said, you don't need everything that's in your head. If there is a fight at the board level, that does not need to come out. But if there is, uh, you know, that, you know, so you have that behind your head, that doesn't need to come out. But, you know, the board has made a decision that we need to make XYZ change. That's a statement. Like that is, that's a true statement that might end up coming out that would be appropriate or could be appropriate, you know, depending on what the circumstances, but you don't need the drama that, that went along with it.
0: Yeah, so back to what I was mentioning with the military, what well, we had, um, we had a very clear, because like casualty operations is something and because I, I ran this for a large organization. So, um, you know, it was, well, I, I got told, um my first day on the job, uh, for this particular job was like casualty operations is, is a glass ball. Everything else is a rubber ball, right? Like no matter what it is, you cannot, no matter what, if you drop this, you break it. Um, and you know, it's something that will last forever. You know, there's, um, the way that somebody finds out some, something happened to their significant other, like you have one chance to do it right. And that is it. And you never get to do that again. Um, so it was something that I took extremely seriously from you know being a whatever I was twenty three years old at the time and managing a, a huge team. Um, but it was something that like you know again it's it's the United States Army, so we we had stuff in place, and the reason why we had stuff in place was because the way that it used to be done back in um, in previous wars was that you found out you know that your significant other. Um, was killed in action by a telegram, by like a Western Union. Um, So we had made all of these mistakes over the years and had learned that like there is a right way to do this, Um, that you have, you know, uh, people come to the person's door in full uniform with a chaplain, with like all that sort of stuff, all these resources to make sure that it's done the right way. But all of the steps that go into that process are... Multiple officers signing off on the exact wording word by word that happens at the moment from the ground level, you know, within a 24 hour period to alert that person, wherever they are, that significant other, um, And it has to be exact and multiple people sign off on it. And, you know, my team of 20 people, like anytime there's a casualty, everybody looks at it, you know, from that point, you know, like there's a extremely rigid process that the exact words that are written are read to that person. So like we had so many checks and balances and we had a system in place for that. Um, Now, this is a very, you know, it's a very different thing, you know, with, with other types of crisis, but the idea that you have to have systems in place because if you don't, then it will be chaos and you will miss things and you know a a word will be out of place or want something that you're not intended to use um, and you're going to learn from those things and I think that um, you know what you do to plan this stuff now, now that we're reaching this, like we have no idea what's going to happen in the future, but if you're figuring out what that plan is in place, and if you ask your boss and they don't have a plan, or if you ask your CEO or your board, like what is our crisis communication, um, you know, SOP or, or set of rules or whatever it is, and nobody has it, like tag, your it. You got to make one.
2: Well, so it's interesting that you gave an example from when you were younger, because the reason crisis communication to me is so important is because i i was with an organization where there were five fatalities and i crisis communication became important to me when i saw my boss lie on camera and i knew that he lied on camera because i wrote the crisis communication plan that wasn't being followed um And, and it, the fatalities would have happened. It it had to do with the communication part, not with the not with the the health and safety part. But that's when I realized, as a you know, somebody in my somewhere in my twenties, where I realized the importance of it. And so the point that you've made is significant, which is there, it's not only that there needs to be a process; it needs to be followed, and the The other part of that i will I will throw in there is that, for everything I'm saying about you need to have the right messaging throughout the organization and making sure that the managers are getting the information to so that they can answer questions, you have to understand that things will be leaked out. So it's not here there's a you know this is a secret between just all of us at this company that doesn't exist. At the same time, you need to have the set people of; these are the only ones who are authorized to speak with government officials, reporters, analysts. You know there is a certain amount of uh, a certain amount of lockdown, and the lockdown is not uh, is not huge, but it's very specific to. You know the way I, I look at the world we live in is that I can lock down. And expect only the appropriate people to be talking to reporters and analysts of all kind or government officials. But I also realize that I can't lock down. I can't expect social media to be locked down. That is incredibly naive of me to expect that the people will will not respond or not give their view on social media. So I need to make sure that what I'm doing internally as well as uh, not just externally, but internally is doing things in the best interest of everyone. So, you know, every company has their own version of how much transparency, but know that whatever you're saying is, will most likely get to, if not on social media, at least to customers and partners.
0: So how do you think, companies could engage their workforce in a way that is, you know, listening to their employees can allow them to share their thoughts and be heard um while keeping like a strict level of of lockdown because i think that that's the give and take right is like you want people to you want to facilitate dialogue internally you want people to talk to their managers and their colleagues you want people to share what they're going through but at the same time um you know those folks like leaking stuff to the press is is not a good thing. Um, And potentially there's nothing to leak. So that's also, you know, part of the thing uh, or potentially there is. So um, I'm just curious, like how do you foster that, that level of and build trust within your organization to make sure that you are doing things the right way?
2: So there's several things. One is, is the speed in which you communicate. So if there is Let's take something totally different than what I've been saying. Let's say that there has been um, senior executive, some something inappropriate with the senior exec, senior manager. Um, could be insider trading, could be HR related, but we're going to say something negative with the senior member. That needs to be, you know, and there's, you know, it's happened that person has been disciplined in some way. We, uh, that, you know, you need immediately. When I say immediately, let's say it's like within 24 hours, within 48 hours, whatever that as fast as possible, where you have had multiple conversations with multiple people, so that is your legal team, your communications, your, you know, everyone who needs to be involved with it, board members if appropriate, where you then have a, you tell people about it, you have an AMA. You also already have in the managers, you've already prepped the managers. So the managers will know before everyone else knows. You've prepped them both with telling them and also giving them the, uh, the Q&A. Um, when, I've done, when I've done layoffs, the best way has been to plan it over you know, you're planning it over a few days, including over. You know, a lot of it gets done over a weekend, and then it happens on a Monday morning or a Tuesday morning, where and, and so everything is is set to the logistics of when do we uh, when do we inform people, when do we inform managers, what do we give managers, when do we talk to people individually, and then after you've had that group meeting have people break and meet with their teams because that's the other thing for as much as you can say, it's a, ask me anything and I'm standing there as an officer in the organization, they may not ask me questions Uh, or or some people ask, or it'll be the people who always ask a lot of questions and somebody who is less comfortable, isn't going to ask. Uh, So you have that meeting and then you break into your smaller groups, where it is a departmental uh, piece of it. So having all of that. The other thing, as a marketing person, make sure that your executives are totally prepared and they don't have any questions. So part of the reason why I've done work over weekends, besides the obvious of needing to move quickly, is I've wanted this there's times where I've met with a CEO one-on-one and went through everything that we had planned and everything and all the messaging before we then had a meeting with the rest of the e-staff. And the reason I did that is because I didn't want that CEO to have any questions. It was, it was, you know, I'm thinking of a specific time where that person had been involved in all the planning but i wanted to make sure that with even at the e staff level that they were seen as being totally in charge and not having any questions and so as a marketer you have a responsibility not only to to help the company communicate but if you are the better communicator and you should be the best communicator in the organization you have an organiz- you have a responsibility to help your most senior executives be able to communicate well.
0: So are you doing practice questions with them? Or are you walking through, um, you know, all gotcha, gotcha questions, you know, what a, what a reporter would ask, like what types of stuff are you doing with them?
2: What I'm doing right now uh, around the COVID-19 is anytime there is a, uh, a media inquiry there's a conversation that's happening beforehand to making sure that that organization's totally prepared. And it's, um, it really is just keeping somebody on track and, and being responsive to the reporter. So it's not, it's not, you know, well, how are we going to frame this? It is, what is the reporter asking for? Well, then we should, we should get them that information and, you know, let's get them that information quickly uh, and really focus on being responsive. And uh, you know, it's not media relations is never a game, um, but it particularly if you're in a crisis situation, it's not a time to play games. Like it really is, the daily, you know, the, the, if you're doing a daily briefing, the daily briefing should be a briefing. It should, by its nature, should be brief. (laughs) You know, when we were doing hurricane relief work, there was a daily briefing that I was producing and it was very specific to here's what, here's what people need to know. Uh, You know, there's not a lot of flowery adds on to it it's just here's what people need to know
0: as our listeners might know and as I know you know uh, I am an eternal optimist um, and I will I will seek I'll hunt the good stuff uh, and and find you know find the uh, the silver linings um but there's times where that that definitely does not work and uh, I think we've seen this with covid where you have some, a little bit of tone deaf responses from people around kind of like trying to spin the, the good side of this of, Hey, you know, maybe it'll unleash some uh, you know, some, some remote work or this or that uh, when people are still in a moment where it's like, they don't want to hear that stuff. Like, they don't want to hear that like, it'll be okay because it sucks right now, you know, for, for a lot of people um, I'm curious, like, how do you, how do you advise, you know, dealing with, you know, the kind of this too shall pass and like we'll get through this um, versus like the, the more optimistic uh, side of things.
2: I don't think that for the most part we should be predicting the future. And I think that that is, uh, and, and definitely not the, um, not the, you know, silver lining is I've always wanted to work from home, you know, is not, does not serve you well. And definitely put your foot in a mess if somebody comes back with, yeah, and I, you know, and my, my significant other is a, is a nurse. Uh, So I think that that, uh, I think that trying to spin it into something that it's not is, or trying to spin, spin it is just um, doesn't serve you well. I think that uh, when people say things like, you know, our current reality, I think that that's a safe way of saying it. I think being honest and saying we don't know what tomorrow will bring, but I think that that's a safe way of leading in. Um, I also will, will throw another thing out here, uh, which is not exactly what you're talking about, but uh, in general, when you look at communication, Think about the type of outreach communication that your your teams are having overall with customers and with uh, and with prospects. The amount of messages that I've gotten from sales development reps that have been um, speaking of incredibly tone deaf is somewhat mind blowing and very much, you know. I've had the everything from, hey, I know you're at home, so should we chat? Uh, To, you know, like you know, we know that you're going to need more of blah 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 coming off of this, and like just opportunistic uh, coming off also does not serve well. So I think that if you uh, don't go massively optimistic uh, or, or predicting the future. And at the same time, don't, uh, don't communicate in an opportunistic way because all those things will leave a bad taste in somebody's mouth. Or potentially. Somebody else may not be as sensitive as I am, but there are a number of companies that their SDRs have you know, crossed over, crossed over multiple lines.
0: I think resilience is extremely important and figuring out how to, you know, hunt the good stuff and find things to be happy about and to do that is extremely important for people. Um, But at the same time, they joined your company for a specific reason. And that might be because you're located in Atlanta or it might be because, um, you know, they like to you know, see this group of people every day in person or whatever it is. So I think that, you know, the, the loss of normalcy, I think, um, and whatever the crisis is using COVID as the example for this. Um, but there is kind of that, that, uh, that period where it is going to be way tougher for certain people. It's going to be way easier for certain people and it just depends. So I, I think that, um, you know being authentic and you know being true to your company culture and all that is important um you know and it's serious stuff
2: it is important and i think it's important to acknowledge the simplest way to acknowledge is to say i know that this is very difficult for some of you that simple statement does not need any additional explanation and it it the the empathy that it expresses speaks volumes
3: yeah i i think
0: um you know i've i've definitely seen this happening more recently where you just have to be empathetic and just treat give everyone a little more slack than you normally would it's like oh somebody come came in super hot uh and they're really mad about something it's like there's a good chance that something is going on at home or something happened in a different call. Like, you know, those sort of things that happen. And I think that just like trying to be patient with each other, trying to be understanding, trying to be empathetic, trying to understand, like, you have no idea what people are going through or what's happening at home. I mean, I try to take that, you know, that stance all the time in my life, but, um, but specifically now, I think all of our our senses are heightened. Um, and anytime in a crisis, they're heightened. Anytime there's uncertainty, you know people careers uh, are are, you know, you want certainty, you want. Uh, to join a team, you want to support your family. You want to do these things, and like when all of that stuff is in jeopardy, um, you know, it just makes emotions uh, fly a lot higher. So I think just you know, especially as leaders, being more patient, listening more, um, and not just trying to control the conversation. And I think that you know, it's one of the things that we didn't explicitly talk about. That's such a delicate act. With this, is like as an organization, you want to control the uh, the message as an organization, but you don't want to control your employees or their feelings or how they respond to those things. And like, it's a, it's, it can be a tightrope, but you, um, but it's really important.
2: If empathy doesn't come naturally to you, then you first, you need to realize that. And second, you need to, make sure that you have somebody as your empathy barometer. And that sounds like a ridiculous thing to say it that way, but um, I know people who just don't have, they're well-meaning people who don't understand uh, how to take other people's current situation into perspective. You need to have somebody in that uh, in that role, uh, and as marketers, we may be the ones who particularly as as somebody on the crisis or positioning side, we may be the ones who are serving as that guidance. I think part of what will be important is for at times for us to be the ones advocating for it, so if I'm an organization that doesn't have somebody planning this, that and, and I'm a senior, senior leader. I, I, again, as responsibility for the organization, I should say, you know, let me serve as the person who is the barometer to make sure that we're hitting the right tone or the tone that we've been, that we've been wanting to portray, uh, Project, uh, because ultimately, that is there. There are some. There are some senior leaders who are great at it all the time, and there are others that, uh, to me, the best ones, and frankly, the ones who actually communicate really well, are also the ones who will have turned to me repeatedly and said, "Am I on track with how I'm doing this?" You know, it's, it's, it's usually the ones who have the less experience or aren't quite as good at it are the ones who think they're really good. And the ones who are fantastic communicators are the ones who are uh, checking along the way to make sure that they're communicating well. Ultimately, empathy is what's needed.
0: Well, I hope that we were communicating well for our listeners. Uh, I hope this was helpful um, Chris, we're normally much more, uh, much more silly, but it was a serious topic today. Um, and, uh, and w- we hope to, uh, to have you back. Um, maybe we'll have you back in, in the future to talk about creating a, creating a plan, um, for this sort of thing. So we can go step by step here. Uh, any final thoughts?
2: Um, I do have a few because I know that what you usually ask. So I do actually have, um, there is, there's a, if we're talking on this topic, there's a book I would suggest called um, the communications golden hour by Doug Levy. And uh, he also did a uh, express edition that was around the communications hand. uh, I think it's the communications handbook for health emergency, which is way specific, but I think that his communication golden hour and it's about, having to respond quickly. So that's something if somebody is really interested in, in thinking about that, the other book I would suggest, which is not on this topic at all, uh, but is um, makes you think about just issues that you're going to have to deal with uh, in the general business world is it's called the messy mill, the messy middle. Are you familiar with it? No. Uh, Scott Belsky. And there's a lot of books about starting a company or about the successes of when you sell a company. And this is about the stuff you go through, the challenges that you go through as part of just being in business. And so even though it's not a crisis-related book, it is a how do I think things through all these issues that may come up. Um, Again, The Messy Middle by Scott Belsky, and that's B-E-L-S-K-Y, I believe. So those are the things. And then I will give you one, actually. um, Let me give you two Twitter people who are light, uh, which is Linda Childers, which is Linda, R-C-H-I-L-D-E-R-S, is one of the funniest people I – can think of on Twitter. And if you're in the Bay Area uh, looking at Peter Hartlaub, who's a Chronicle reporter, and it's Peter, and his last name is H-A-R-T-L-A-U-B, those will be, if you want a mental break, uh, and, you know, they, they balance the here's what's going on with being way wittier than I am.
0: Awesome, uh, I love it. That's great. I'll uh, I'll check those out. Um, thanks for thanks for stopping by. We we really appreciate it, and uh, I know it's helpful for me um, to hear this sort of stuff uh, as 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 I plan as an entrepreneur, and uh, hopefully uh, our listeners as well.
2: Hope it's helpful. Uh, have a good night. Take care.
0: Yep. Take care.
1: Marketing Trends Podcast is brought to you by Salesforce. Discover marketing built on the world's number one CRM, Salesforce. Put your customer at the center of every interaction. Automate engagement with each customer and build your marketing strategy around the entire customer journey, Salesforce. We bring marketing and engagement together. Learn more at salesforce.com marketing.